You're not allowed to be unexceptional in any of those four things. You can be unexceptional in everything else in your life. Be exceptionally organized, exceptionally diligent, exceptionally a perfectionist. I mean, you double check your work and exceptionally uh, prudent. Have some common sense, people. Put a hundred bucks in the time. You know how many people are researching this? Should I go on Bitcoin? I'm like, why don't you just put a hundred dollars or 10? You can put 10 in Bitcoin. And then common sense is put 10 into Bitcoin. See if you like it. If you don't like it, you lost your 10 bucks. Whoop-de-doo unfathomable for the average person in planet Earth. Literally. People, unfath- people are like, oh, that can't be the strategy. Oh, I need a complex. Do I get a coinage, Poloniex? I'm like, go to Coinbase and put a hundred bucks in. If you had done that, by the way, just not distracting, back in last year, depending on what coin, a lot of you have ten dollars to $100,000. So there you go. The death of dreams is procrastination. Not keeping it simple, being lazy, who here has been lazy about Bitcoin? So those of you who thought that you want to get in Bitcoin but haven't really done it yet, raise your hand. Okay, that's laziness. That It comes down to low conscientiousness. Because if you had prudence, you'd be like, all right, what's a prudent amount? I see some people put in their life savings. Is it prudent to put all your life savings into something you know? Uh, do you need a teacher? Some of these videos, I'm like, do I need to be creating this video? Is the bar so low on planet Earth that I have to be like, Google Gaga, here's a spoon. That's what I got to do. People can't fathom. I know somebody that put a million dollars into their first app. And it's a bad app. He lost all his million dollars. I'm like, Google Gaga, you never fucking heard that maybe the first time you do something, you don't put all your money. Uh, It's a 60-year-old guy. I feel bad for the guy. What school system, what society do we have now that's producing people? That at 60, he's, he worked for 40 years, saved up $1 million and put it all into one app. I feel bad for the guy. What am I going to tell him? I don't know who to blame. You blame the system. You blame his parents. You blame school. You blame, I don't know. I'm out of people to blame. All I know is that's the death of his life's work. And he will be having to literally work until the day he dies now. Because that was the worst app idea I've ever seen. It'll never make $1. It's all lost. So all of us make stupid decisions. So make 2018 the year. Uh, In those four areas, you jump up, quadruple. And I will help you. I'm right here watching. I'm watching. 2017, I didn't watch any of you. 2018, I'm watching all of you. I will get around to every single one of you. And I am assessing. I have a little group with Maya. And I'm like, what the hell's wrong with blankety blank person? I'm concerned that they work here. Just so you know. Full disclosure. I'm not going to put that in a public group, but I'm also not keeping it to myself and holding it. I'm like, wait a second. Is this person destroying our group by being a bad example to everybody? They they can't be here, I don't think. So I'm glad I had this talk because now everybody knows you're not allowed to be unexceptional in any of those four things. You can be unexceptional in everything else in your life, be exceptionally organized, exceptionally diligent, exceptionally a perfectionist. I mean, you double-check your work. And exceptionally uh, diligent, prudent, uh, prudent. Have some common sense, people. Can't handle it. Like on our top navigation, I already know how to literally talk about stealing money from me. I looked at how we do our help. I got one idea in three minutes, under three minutes, that I guarantee is going to half 
our email load. Half. And I'm concerned that there's 10 people full-time staring at that screen. Zero, zero person in that group had that idea. That concerns me. How would you guys feel if you're at a bar and when you weren't looking, a drunk guy came up and beat you up and you ended up in the hospital and you were with 10 of your friends who were sitting around you? How would you feel about that? Would you be like, those are the greatest friends I ever had? They just sat there and watched you get stomped and they were all like different excuses like, no, dude, I was talking to this girl at the bar. No, I was a little drunk. Oh, you know, I, was, I didn't know if it was my business. I don't, you would be like, they aren't good friends. They're not backing me up. I feel that way sometimes. I'm like, who's organizing this room? Who's organizing drop? You guys ain't backing me up. Let's do a common sense meter test here. You're in a dilemma. You work at a company where sometimes your ideas do not get heard. I want to hear. Your boss. What? PM your boss or DM. Okay. PM. Let me hear five ideas that are good. Talk to him or her. Go and talk to him if that's not possible. What's another one? Okay, what about this? This is, I think, the best correct answer. Make a running list on the yellow notepad of ideas you have. When you happen to catch that person, which may not be Monday, Tuesday, it might be in three weeks, go walk by and be like, I, got, I don't want to waste your time. I got five quick thoughts. I've thought them through. I've run them by some other people. So another good thing is don't run the idea first by me, right? Because I'm kind of like the president of the company. Do you think the president of the United States that a corporal in the Marine Corps runs his idea for military improvement first through the president? Uh, excuse me. Uh, can I? Can you connect me to the desk on the president's? Uh, yeah, on uh, the phone on the president's desk, please. Yes, I am a uh, Corporal uh, Lewis, and I know how we can improve our camouflage uniforms. I've been working on it. I'm pretty sure it'll make us more concealed to the enemy. Oh, he's not available? Okay, I'll call back tomorrow. Is that common sense? You'll literally get kicked out. You'll get... Uh, you get email yeah. Nathan says, who's in the military, you will be removed from the military. That's what some of you guys do. You run your first idea by me. Now, let's say you were a corporal and you ran it by your sergeant and the sergeant ran it by his colonel. And it made it all the way up and a one-star general liked it. And then the one-star general run it by the joint chief of staffs. And then... The Joint Chief of Staff go, this is the greatest idea. Get that corporal in here from Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. I want him to meet the president. That's how you meet the president. It's the last. Because the president got other shit to do. It's not because the president's being arrogant. The president, you think you can take a call from everyone in the United States, 330 million people? Well, that's kind of how it is. So some of you are lacking the common sense of how to move your idea up. What I would do is first run it by other people. Because if I run it by, you know, Renee and he says it's stupid, well, then I'm like, whew. I'm glad I ran it by him before I brought it up the chain because then I'll look stupid. Who here is that outside of your common sense meter? Okay, well, I don't know that anybody's doing that, so I'm glad. We need to have more of these sessions because common sense is not common at all. It's basically actually actively been eradicated from planet. It's like there's people working to remove it. I'm pretty sure the school system, without knowing, is like actively destroying common sense. So there used to be like, you you would be 18 and you'd have like 50 units of common sense, just naturally, like in the 1800s. You grew up on a farm, you understood things. Oh, okay, picking apples. You know how many people don't know? Literally, there's people now who don't know 
that yogurt comes from a cow. Lots of people. You go to the inner cities, people have no idea. Because the school system never puts them on a bus and takes them out to the countryside. So I am not surprised that common sense is low here. When I was 19 with Joel Salatin, I had no common sense. The only difference is I worked for Joel Salatin for $3 an hour. And um, I worked 16 hours a day for two years and never took a day off, basically, maybe a week. I don't feel like you guys are doing that. Like, I would be less picky if you guys were like interns. And I'm like, oh, I got that intern. Okay, how much does that intern cost me? Oh, nothing? Oh, okay, (laughs) that's cool. But this is more like, okay, we have people getting paid, not three, who here makes $3 an hour? Okay, I got to get three, I made um, $300 a month working 30 days. And I lived in a log, in in a cabin with no heat and no toilet. So I had a bucket for two years. So you ain't gonna get me with any, you know, size, sod stories. Oh, I gotta go through traffic for 20 minutes to get to Beverly Hills. Oh, poor you, you have to work in a Beverly Hills mansion. (laughs) Can I get you PTSD counseling? Because this may be the worst thing of anybody in America, right? Like, don't do it. It's not gonna work on me in 2018. It might've worked in 2017. Do what you gotta do. And one day, if you build that habit in your brain, I hope you look back at your experience working here and go, that was the foundational pivot of my whole life. Because that was the foundational pivot for my whole life. Being on a farm for eight years. The found If I had not gotten, I would not know how to make money. So I hope you guys look back and go, I'm like Ty. When I showed up there, I was basically a dipshit. And I walked away with skills that nobody knows. Yesterday, the video team and some of the marketing, I was showing a new technique. I guarantee you we're the only person in the world that knows how to do this on social media. You're learning stuff here you don't learn anywhere. You're getting opportunities not just to learn from me, but look at the people. You got David Buss here. This is one of the top. David Buss is cited like Sigmund Freud. Okay, he's still alive. But sometimes I'll talk to top PhDs and I'm like, yeah, I'm talking with Dr. Buss. And they're like, how'd you get his phone number? Can you introduce me? It's like LeBron James is here. There's lots of people like that. I've got OBJ coming in. You're hanging out, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. is just chilling here in the house. You guys should see this as a unique opportunity and you should also push yourself. I'm not, and also, in case you don't feel like pushing yourself, you don't have a choice. It's my way or the highway right now for a while in this company. So some people choose the highway. It's okay. I'm not going to hate you. So it's okay to quit too. Some of you need to quit. Just quit. It's fine. Find something that fits better than you. I don't, it's, we'll be okay. It's not, I, I, there's some people who have resigned in the last year. I wished them happy new years and they wrote me back. I don't have, I can't think of many people that have worked here that I have any negative feelings. I'm just like, oh, it's time to move on. Welcome to the world. Sometimes you date somebody and it ain't the right person to date. You just, the quicker you move on, the better. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna compromise our standards. Don't, I don't wanna see th- stuff like this. I don't wanna see weird Dropbox stuff. If I go look in sales and marketing, it should take me, and this is what I'm gonna end with. This is how I know you passed the test. I have to stare at your work for 20 minutes to find a flaw. It's called the 20 minute test. I literally coined this term, 20 minutes. So if I work with you for 20 minutes, it'll be about 20 minutes till I'm like, wait a second. Adam's doing something, I could improve on this. See, if you have eight hours to work on what you do, it should take me at least 20 minutes to think of a way to improve it. If you work on something for eight hours, 
day in, day out, and I can improve it in 10 seconds, that tells me you're not conscientious. And trust me, I will find something in 20 minutes. You need to withstand the 20 minute test. I should be able to go through Dropbox or this room and it should take me 20 minutes to be like, wait, this is weird. Okay, 20 minute test in effect. I went over to the help desk. It took me about four minutes looking over Matt's shoulder being like, this is insanely weird. Four minutes. Today, you guys didn't catch. I was looking in the hourly report. The emails are weird. It didn't show the amount of opt-ins correctly. That took me, I woke up, three minutes to find. 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Two, zero. Okay? Thank you. Training over. I had a meeting with some guys, I can't say their name right now because they're announcing something huge with a celebrity, huge, uh, huge celebrity, one of the biggest. And But the principle that I thought was interesting, when you have a business meeting, most important thing, you hear about this in books, they call it building rapport. So like rapport is like common interest. You don't just sit down at a business meeting with a new person and automatically talk about business, right? You got to ease into it. So in this meeting, I kind of did it naturally. You don't want it to feel faked where you're like, so tell me about your life. Tell me about your interests. Like it's easy to sound cheesy when you're doing it. So I just kind of naturally was talking to him about where he's from. He turned out he's from Long Beach. We both like basketball and just talked for 10, 15 minutes on basketball and didn't even get around to business to the end. And if you have seen some of my sales programs, teaching people how to do sales, the way I've kind of trained, there's this thing called PACE system, P-A-S-E. And everybody has like a dominant energy in their personality. So P stands for practical, A stands for action, S stands for social, E stands for emotional. So this guy, in my opinion, was a P practical. He was kind of slow to speak, but once he started talking, he didn't like to be interrupted. There's P, that's how I always know a P. P's will listen very well, but when it's their turn, they'll talk and no matter what, you can't interrupt them. Even if you try, they just keep talking over you. So I knew he was a P and I was careful to let him talk and say all the words that he had decided he was going to say ahead of time. By the way, if you know Myers-Briggs, like 16 personalities, talks about, that would correspond to a J. So you have like ENFJ, INFJ, ENTP. The last letter, J, is similar to what I'm calling practical. Js are judgers, so they plan ahead of time their trips, their travel, their holidays, their vacations, they also plan ahead of time their words. So I could tell he was a J uh, or a practical. And so it was a good productive talk. You'd be surprised what happens when you just speak in the natural cadence and way that, or, or in the way that comes natural to people. It's almost like you're speaking the same language and you get a lot more done. And then you know, I wasn't pushy in the talk. I just said, hey, you know, let's 
let's talk. And uh, that's what I did. And I didn't say try to close the deal. I didn't say sign here. I just said, hey, look, we're both busy businessmen. You're successful. I got my thing going. Let's talk. And then most important thing, because this was a meeting set up by somebody else, get people's phone number. Always get their phone number. Why? Because email's outdated. It goes in spam. People don't see it. But 95% of texts you send will be read um, by the person within like a minute. So I never rely on email anymore. I, in fact, I don't even have this guy's email. I just get their phone number. I figure if I ever need their email, once I got their text, I can easily get, you know, I can easily email them later or get their email later. So anyway, thought thoughts of the day. Go out, meet more people, read their personality type. Uh, don't be pushy. Listen, let them finish their thought, especially if they're practical or if they're a judger. And uh, you'll do a lot better in business. Uh, also thought of the day, don't get in too many fights. If you do, don't get your nose messed up because then you won't sleep right, which I've now found out years later. So protect your nose. I told everyone to leave. It's like 6 p.m. And I was like, I'm not leaving this office tonight until I figure out what went down. And I had a huge wall. It was a big whiteboard wall. And I just I had a beautiful mind moment, man. I just started writing stuff. I just started scribbling like crazy. And I sat back and <laughs> it's so cliche, right? Because like the, the thing I discovered was the simplest of things. It pissed me off. Yeah. But at the same time, it taught me the biggest lesson. I'm so glad I learned it early. Yeah. So I don't have to face that mistake one day in the future when I have a lot more on the line. But it was this. There was a certain set of, re- of repetitive cycles I was running over the first six years that it took me to go from nothing to a 10 million a year company. Okay. It was a simple system. I would do it over and over again. I was relying on that relationship. So these were negative things. Cycles. These are good things. These, oh, are, these good are good things. cycles. These, these are, because these you're are saying, good cycles. Let's write some of these out because yeah. we're going to talk a little bit about psychology for those of yeah. you who are entrepreneurs, but we're always also going to talk about just life. It's 2018. Mm-hmm. People are like making New Year's resolutions. One of the things, my favorite quotes I posted on Twitter from Charlie Munger was, the recipe, the formula for misery is only learning from your own experience and not learning from other people's experience. You only learn from mistakes, Warren Buffett says, but they don't always have to be your own. So if you had to, let's list out. I'll let you do it. What did you find when you were examining this, you know, going from making millions to being millions in debt. What were like three biggest right. si- negative cycles? Let's start with the negative. The, the news. negative cycles? Yeah, what Actually, did you do wrong? So what I would say I did wrong was yeah. when I started to go down, right? Obviously yes. not during the good days. So the first thing when I went wrong is I stopped, do, I, I stopped doing risk analysis. All right, look, and an entrepreneur, I heard this one thing someone said once that entrepreneurs, there was a, I was in watching an interview and he said, people think entrepreneurs are risk takers, but they're actually exactly the yeah. opposite. The average good entrepreneur takes less risk. Exactly. Yes. They're going to do something where they calculate. So I had an idea. Here's what I thought. I thought an entrepreneur has an idea. They put everything in it. And then it just miraculously becomes. I never thought about what can happen if I put everything in it. Yeah. And it doesn't go in the right way. But turns out that the first six years that I was building my company, everything was calculated. 
Mm-hmm. I was doing everything through a cal- but I got the golden touch. I got overconfident, and right. suddenly I threw the calculations out and just brought ego in. So you started thinking everything you did would automatically work, and you forgot to analyze. Golden the glove, man. I thought yeah. I had the golden touch. I could do whatever I wanted, and it would work. And that is point blank. That was youth, and it was ego. Yeah. All right. I I just wasn't paying attention. Now the third thing that I noticed was not listening to my mentors. Okay. Because exactly what I should have done, what I eventually did to get myself out, I was told two years beforehand by my mentors. So this is the negative. Let's talk about then. So there's the three good lessons yeah. that we've all learned that have been good doing this thing. Yeah, for sure. Don't take, yeah. it's like people ask me about Bitcoin and crypto. How much, they're like, should I invest in Bitcoin and crypto? I'm like, well, how much do you make a year? 50 grand. Well, then put a hundred bucks in crypto. Worst case is you lose it. <laughs> yeah. But some people only have 50 grand. They put all 50 grand yeah. because they think everything automatically goes up, and that's not how the game of life works. No. So risk analysis. The second, man, you watch UFC fights. I've been watching some of the – I was uh, watching a recent fight where the guy started dancing on the other guy like, ah, uh, and the dude knocked, knocked out. him out. <laughs> like, they're like, don't dance in a fight. You, <laughs> uh, actually, I got to go box in a second, but my, my um, Ricky Funes is here. He trains me from Tengus. It's like a famous gym here in L.A. And he told me he's won third, he's been in 38 street fights. He's from like Central America, like mean streets. And I said, what happened in the one fight you lost? He said, I took, you know how you see guys get mad in a fight and they go to take their shirt off to be all tough? And he said, while I was taking my shirt off, the guy knocked me out. That's like ego. That's ego. And then yeah. mentor. So let's, let's, let's talk about what are the things you did to get back? Like people are listening, let's say somebody's watching, they're like, 2017 was a bad year for them. How did you get back from making millions, losing millions? and to where you are now, which is making money again. Yep, all right, so look, everything in life about success, about behavior, about psychology, everything is repetitive. It's cyclical, there are patterns to be recognized to the good, to the bad, to the everything. So the very first thing I did is that night when I sat down and said, I'm not walking out of this room until I figure out what happened. So the first thing I did is I dissected the cycles and the seasons of the last six years where I had success. So I guess the word you could use is, I don't know, I guess an autopsy or a dissection. Well, I wasn't really dead, so we'll just say dissecting. But what I'm really looking for is I'm looking for the cycles. I'm looking for, if I had the good days, I'm gonna see what I was doing during that time, if I was having bad days during those six years. So I was trying to see what specifically was happening. The second thing that I did is instead of me trying to tell the market, my customers, my leads, people around me, what they should be buying from me, I refocused myself on the relationship. So what I actually did is owned up to all the crap that I did. So you basically said, what do you want versus were you selling the wrong thing, you think? I was selling the wrong things. I was selling bad things. I was selling uh, a new thing every third day. Yeah. So I wasn't focusing on what's best for my customer. So I turned around and I admitted it. I actually sent out multiple emails saying, this is what's gone down. I'm sorry. I'm going to fix this. I want to earn your relationship back, earn your trust back. I literally doubled my opens and click-through rates in the span of about two weeks by simply acknowledging what I had done. Just being honest with people. Just being honest. Just being honest and open. And the third thing is... I implemented. I took action. See, here's what was going on during that time. So let me, let me talk about why action is important because some of this stuff sounds cliche, but it isn't. So, for example, at that very moment, I, have, I mean, I had an awesome lawyer, one of the top firms, a great guy. I uh, couldn't afford to hire him anymore, so he was doing work for me for free just as a friend. Top advice he gave me, declare bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. 
Do you need to declare bank $1.7 million in debt? What are you gonna, where are you gonna come up with that overnight? Now here's the thing though, right? I owed my parents, my parents mortgaged their whole home for me, okay? I owed my really good friend who's like my little brother his entire life savings. I owed my affiliates, many of whom were my great friends. Mm-hmm. I owed vendors who I knew on a personal level whose children I had played with. So let me ask you, if I declare bankruptcy, how does that help me? Am I gonna call my right. father, right. who's my hero in life, and tell him, hey, you can't come after me because I declare bankruptcy, so hey, right. I'm good? So that wasn't gonna help me out. So rather than do that, I went back and I dared to do again, which mm-hmm. is really difficult to do once you've been down and out. So what I did is I simplified, I repeated, and I had faith and trust, and I went out and did what I had done six so years ago. So you didn't declare bankruptcy? Then. Not at all, no, not so, you, so what did the lawyer think? You think you were crazy? He thought I was crazy. And you know what? I paid back every penny of that debt in 16 months. I was huh. back on top. And the lawyer literally came to me and said, how the hell did you do it? And did I he, told him. Did the lawyer go, now you can pay me back for all my free work? <laughs> he sent me the bill, man. He sent me the bill. <laughs> Damn lawyer. He sent me the bill. Go, it wasn't free money? anymore. That's all right. And the guy turns to me and all the people he was teaching in the training class, and he goes, don't ever let people borrow your equipment. And one of the guys raises his hand and goes, why don't you let people borrow equipment? He goes, this is a little crude. This is not safe for work. I'm just repeating his words. He said, what happens if you let your, all your friends hang out with your girlfriend for a year? Be like, ah, I won't see my girlfriend. You just hang out with her. What do you think he said? She gets effed and not by you. That's what he said. So his advice was, the things that are important to you, keep close to yourself. Now, like I said, that's not my words. That's a sheep shearer in New Zealand. They swear a lot. But you take your business and you go, oh, man, I, I hired somebody. They're just going to do my business. I'll, di- I'll go on vacation for a year. You come back, your business will be fucked. So we're going through some stuff where we had a other group of people doing some stuff for us. If you don't watch the bag, what does DJ Khaled say? Watch the bag. I like what Warren Buffett says. Warren Buffett says, the secret to wealth is put all your eggs in one basket and watch the basket. Watch it. He's not literally saying don't diversify. He's saying pay attention to what you're doing. No one cares about your business, your life as much as you do. You, you and you alone. You got a girlfriend or a boyfriend? You go, go hang out with my friends for a year. Go party with them. You're gonna have a sad, sad story at the end of that one year. Oh, you're not gonna believe what happened. Your best friend's gonna be like, or one of your, maybe not your best friend. One of your friends will be like, you're not gonna believe this. We were drunk, we were at a party. One thing led to another. Uh, I effed your blankety blank, your boyfriend or your girlfriend, whatever you are. So you go, oh, I, I, I hired these people to do all my business for me. And then I stopped, I, I just let it go. Keep the shit close right here. You can delegate, you delegate like this. Okay, I open up my circle of supervision, but you still watch, watch. And you will have to do that till the day you die. All this stuff about fully automated income, I have automated income. But if I don't watch it, it goes down. So if you're interested in Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and want to learn how to make money with Bitcoin, I'm opening up a brand new Bitcoin crypto academy for you. Crypto is starting to fundamentally change everything from currencies to the very structure behind the Internet. And if you don't understand it, you will be left behind. 
Remember, if you had put $100 into Bitcoin in 2010, you would have over $100 million right now. I don't want you to miss out on the coming opportunities offered by Bitcoin in the cryptocurrency space. So I brought in the best experts in the game, the people that are teaching me and training me, and I'm going to share that with you because it's not too late to understand Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and the blockchain and to make money with it. So to sign up for my new Bitcoin Crypto Academy and learn how to invest, how to make money in this new exciting space, I'm gonna open up room for a few of you to have early access to the new online mentor mastermind. So go to tylopez.com slash Bitcoin podcast to learn more. So I'm testing the mastermind. So I'm just gonna let a few of you in at a low price and uh, it's already filling up quickly. So if you wanna get in, I'll let a few of you in. So go to tylopez.com slash Bitcoin podcast, all one word, tylopez.com slash Bitcoin podcast. If the course is closed, when you get to the page, put in your name in the waiting list, you missed out on the first round. Uh, and if you see it, welcome to the group. I'm glad you didn't procrastinate. Okay, back to the show. There's no such thing as an automaton. You know what an automaton, this machine, they try to make this thing like a, a perpetual motion machine is a question humans have tried to, a uh, problem humans have tried to solve for hundreds of years and nobody's been able to figure it out because it goes against something called one of the laws of thermodynamics and one of the laws of physics in the universe, which is entropy. Entropy means over time things decay. You leave this house, you don't paint it, you don't seal it, the deck out there, that wood's gonna decay. It's a law of the universe. And unless you're God with a capital G, you will not change the laws of the universe. And those laws apply in your body. You don't work out, I've seen it with my body. I've been traveling recently. I look in the mirror, I'm like, I take a tape measure, waist goes up, muscle mass goes down. I do the DEXA x-ray scan of my body. Guess what? When you pay attention to your body, it improves. When you don't, it gets fucked. Business. I've taken 2017, I took a lot more time off from my business. Guess what? I'm coming back in being like, this shit's all helter skelter. Things are bizarre. Pay attention. Watch the basket. Watch the basket. Or else your basket will be poached by other foxes. It will accidentally be dropped. You will not create ever perpetual money making machine. You can automate things. Let me be clear on that. There is such thing as somewhat of automatic, but it's a misconception that automatic means guaranteed. It is a misperception that automatic means with no energy involved. You still, if you have a if you have a car, that's automatic. You press the gas, it automatically goes. It's a machine. But yet, if you don't put it to maintenance, if, if a light comes on and you don't pay attention to it, you will regret it one day. I saw a video of a dude in a Lamborghini in San Diego, drove his Lamborghini 180 miles an hour with a girl. I think it was a Roadster Aventador, which means it's convertible. Spun out of control, hit a, hit a palm tree. Both of them were instantly ejected. I guess they didn't have seat belts on. Instantly dead. And that's a, lot of, that's a good metaphor for a lot of things. You can have the automatic machine. That's the Lamborghini. But... You better pay attention. One thing, put the, put the seatbelt on. Don't go 200 miles an hour in side streets. Some of you are, I've made that mistake. Remember what the sheep shearer says. 
Don't just, yeah, here's my most important things. I'm gonna entrust somebody to do it. Even your friends, even your family, they don't care as much as you care about what you're doing. Good luck out there in 2018. If you could only pick three things to focus on, whether they be hormonal, blood, like what would the three be? And let's put them in priority order. What would be number one? Well, I think that, again, it's a very individualistic to each person to figure out what their story is. But one of the first ones is looking at their genetic makeup, right? Okay. To figure out certain things related to their genetic, because that's where it all starts, right? Now, the complication with that is that the genetic makeup, obviously, is not just singular to the human species, meaning that we have a symbiotic relationship with a lot of bacteria, apparently. There are some numbers now that suggest that even though we are we have 20,000 human DNA genes, we're interacting with 2 million bacterial DNA genes. Huh. So that makes us really 1% human and 99% bacteria to, so, to some degree. Uh, if you can, you, you can think of that kind of situation or make that case. So it's not just your genes, but the interaction of the other genes that you're being introduced to. And there are companies that are looking at the whole program related to that and your exposures to certain bacteria and those kind of factors. So for genetic makeup, what companies do you like to test for that? Is this 23andMe, Ancestry? Is it? Yeah. So, I mean, there's all these DNA, life DNA, um, pathway genomics. There's that, that, that is the, the early stages of trying to figure out which testing that we need to do. There's a, there's a new company called Viome that seems to be looking yeah. at the whole microbiome plus their expression of those and giving you a higher level of, of uh, input into your present health system. That was Naveen. That's the billionaire Naveen Jain. He was over here at the house, and we did a, we did a show together, and he started Viome. So it's pretty cool. So you, like, you think the idea behind Viome, which is we're not just going to test your blood. We're going to look at your gut. I mean, it's pretty I – I know – I'm not sure if it tests other things, but the gut is a big part of it. You think that's underlooked in modern medicine, uh, overlooked in modern medicine, understudied? Understudied or assumed to be healthy and, and not – right now it's not, it's not very much – looked at as uh, as a source of a disease uh, issue, right? So so in, in the way I look at things, I think hormones are very important for our signaling going forward for aging. Uh, one of the tenets in this kind of belief of medicine is that we age because we lose or are deficient in our hormones. Not that we age and lose hormones. Right. It's that we age because we lose those signalings that keep us relevant. Yes. So it's, and, and it's not just, everyone think about, people think about hormones, they think about testosterone for men and estradiol for women. It's, it's your thyroid, it's your cortisol, it's your human growth hormone. It's, it's the inner insulin levels. It's the, you know, there's a lot of signaling that goes on that is unbalanced as we get older from, from factors that are related to, you know, toxins and, and, uh, and the breakdown and, uh, just stress what stress does to the body. So, you know, those kind of considerations. The Institute of Functional Medicine has come up with four parameters of lifestyle that are equivalent to prescription strength medicine. So if you manage these four things well, you are taking four prescription level medicines. Okay. And those four things are sleep, stress management, physical activity, and diet and nutrition. So managing those things well and, and getting guidance on those things can help you 
hopefully you're basically equivalent to taking four prescription level medicines and hopefully keep you away from the, the medicines that people did end it up say, getting. Did when it say weightlifting? Older. I feel like weightlifting is massive. <laughs> well, weightlifting is part of physical activity. When I was there at your office in person, you were talking about how, you know, weightlifting, because I, I, I see physical fitness, a lot of people think, oh, I'm going to go on my treadmill and I'm going to take a walk with my dog. And that's all important. But there is something magical about weights. My dad was a pro bodybuilder and he literally, I remember growing up, my dad did not age. When he was 60 years old, he looked like he was 30. I posted a picture on my Instagram when he was in his 40s uh, and, I, and people were blown away like, wow, how old's your dad? And I remember my dad hurt his thumb bench pressing when he was about 65. And within two years, he basically completely aged. He looked his age. I remember seeing him. I was living out of state, and when I came back to see him, I was like, what happened? And my brother's like, he hurt his thumb. He couldn't lift weights for two years. And it's like his body just was, it was almost like weightlifting was a signal. And it just signaled to him, you're old now. And he just got old. Does that sound outside the bounds of, of rational thought, what I'm thinking? No, not at all. So what is, what is the idea behind the weightlifting programs is that you're building a tissue, the muscle tissue, and that muscle tissue also signals sometimes more release of hormones to create that muscle build. Yeah. So, so that is effective. I mean, there are, you know, these the sort of exercises that are related to interval training or doing things where you get into an anaerobic, anaerobic threshold increases supposedly levels of testosterone, human growth hormone naturally. Yeah. So in essence, you're boosting, you're boosting your levels with testosterone where you don't get that with cardio necessarily. Right. But the cardio exercises just do more of your heart training and conditioning. Yeah. But the actual increases in hormone signaling for building muscle are related to those weightlifting exercises or those interval training when you become anaerobic. So interestingly enough, I had a, some friends from Europe. One guy's name is Emil and he's a UFC fighter. He's fighting in the UFC his first card. He got on the main card in his first fight. He's a really good fighter in Europe. So he's fighting, I think, in St. Louis in a couple months. And his trainers were there with me and they said he just did the UFC kind of, you have to do a test to show that you're, you know, able to fight. And he basically came out as the most conditioned UFC athlete in the world. And UFC is already super, so he's like the most conditioned of the most conditioned. And so I asked him, we were at uh, Mel's Diner on Sunset Boulevard. And I said, Emil, like, what? I said, what is your, like, secret? What do you do? And he goes, simple. Keep it simple, stupid. And the more older I get, that KI, he said, there's this company, and I bought one. It's called, I don't, by the way, it's not an endorsement of them. I don't get paid, but it's called Polar Beat. It's an app. Polar Beat, like heartbeat. Polar, like polar bear. So he said, you buy this chest strap from them. So I bought it. It's like 50 bucks. You download their app. And it measures your heartbeat while you're working out. And he says his secret is he keeps it at 87% of max heartbeat. So you measure like your max heart is 220 minus your age. So I think he's like, he's like 25 or something. So he goes 195 is his max. So he does like 87% of that. Let's, let's say it's like 170, right? Something. He says in one week, 60 minutes, keep it in that red zone, and your VO, it's so, I wanted to ask you about this, VO, so what is VO2 max? I know a little bit, it's kind of a conditioning oxygen measure, but what do you think of VO2 max training? 
Yeah, so VO2 max training is, you know, the Lance Armstrong, the whole idea that he has the highest VO2 max uh, that was recorded. It's all related to METs and how much burning of calories uh, that you efficiently burn, okay. how efficient your system is, so and what, uh, what levels of activity you can achieve. Um, it's used in stress testing measurements and, and making sure that you, when they're measuring, you're seeing what levels of uh, metabolic, it's met, METs stand for metabolic equivalents. And so you're trying to figure out you know, what level of exercise they are tolerating. And so you try to standardize that. And VO2 max is another measure based on volume of oxygen, you know, that, that is generated uh, or that's consumed and used efficiently in the body. Huh. So when you, when you measure VO2 max, it means that you're, you're able to use the oxygen more efficiently than anyone else to, to burn the calories and, and, uh, and move forward with uh, producing energy. Do you think that's a factor in longevity, living into 100, uh, 700 to be able to have? Without a doubt. There have been studies that have been showing that if your VO2 max drops below a certain level, I can't remember specifically, I think it might have been 30, you are more more at risk for being not on this earth after a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So you definitely need, you definitely need, I mean, if you think about it, it just makes sense. I mean, we are creatures of movement. We have all this muscle that we're meant to use. Right, and so if we don't use that, that then our system is going to break down, and it's not supported yeah. that way right now. We, we're not the intellect person; we're 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 still animals and creatures that need to use the muscles to stay in in shape. People are asking about this Habibi coin. Yeah, you going to give me some coins for being on my show? I'm going to talk about. That. I'm going to hook you up, and uh... I got to disclose that because sometimes <laughs> people go. Oh, Ty only ha- Ty only has him on here for the coin. So that's not the truth. But I just I feel like I don't mind coin if you want to give them to me. A <laughs> hook you up. I don't with own any of it. Yeah. I'm not involved in the ICO yet. But maybe by the time you watch this. But if somebody wants to get in, the I tell everybody before you get into any coin, do you have white paper? We have white paper. Where do people yeah. see the white paper? You do the research for yourself. Yeah. Don't just trust me or 100%. don't trust him. Yeah. Do the due diligence, do the research, go through the white paper, look at the team, look at the people behind, look at who's on the advisory board, because this is really important. This is Startup Economics 101. You know, in a startup, traditionally before funding it as a VC, you would look at all of these things before you would go into a company. You would even potentially meet the founders and like have, you know, a face-to-face and see what your gut instinct tells you. Is it just you? It's it's, um, the primary, yeah, primary. So it's a community thing. There's 750 of us launching it instead of one person, essentially. Oh, really? Yeah, I obviously I'm the driving force behind it but yeah it's so a the developers are they getting paid in token everyone uh, so there's a startup company launching the coin yeah. and the startup company has three divisions one is an education division two is a trading fund and three is the actual ICO and launch of the coin so the, why did you decide to do an ICO that way sounds we wanted to invest 100% of the proceeds into backing the currency so we, we wanted to put everything into real estate what happens is these days and it happened with startups too you come up with a brilliant idea you put together a white paper advisory board and a landing page you know mm-hmm. website and you basically go out and you raise the funds and then what happens is they take those funds to develop the actual idea. Yes, you're saying you already have the idea. Yeah, yeah, we have the idea, and we are only taking the funds to back the idea, essentially proof of you know concept, essentially, yeah. instead of taking those funds and saying, okay, now let's create a real estate vehicle and let's start investing into real estate and things like that. Ninety uh, percent of the time, even with a brilliant team and a good you know advisory board and stuff, they raise money. But again, it's startup. 
yeah. 101. So like if you don't have a great team ability to execute that idea, yeah. even though you raise the money, you'll burn through it. Like how many startups were started, raise funding, and then are nowhere to be seen? Yeah. You know? And that happens more than you see the one that actually succeeds and raises a series A or B or does really well, you know? So it's, it's a... It's a game where you have to do your due diligence. You have to actually look into it as deeply as possible before you put your money into it. And at the end of it, you only put the money into it that you can afford to lose. Yeah. And is this going to be, is this Ethereum? You're on Ethereum platform? Yeah. So it's on ERC-20. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we basically accept Ethereum and, and Bitcoin or any of the cryptos you can How will pay with. the token mechanics, it's, so money, it's a secure, just for those of you a little bit newer, you have several different types of crypto, right? So you have... You have these protocols. You could kind of call them platforms, like an EOS, like an Ethereum. Utilities, securities. Yeah, you have, you have security ones, which there's less of. Yours will be one of... There are some security tokens coming out, but you'll be one of the yeah. newer ones. Security tokens are actually backed by an asset, like, in this case, real estate. Um, how does the token mechanics work? Are people basically just getting the token in the expectation of a dividend? You'll be sharing the real estate rental profits, commercial real estate profits, so on. So yeah, on. yeah. So ultimately what happens is uh, you set up your Ethereum wallet, you transfer your Ethereum, you get your equivalent in Habibi coin, yeah. and then uh, basically download our wallet and do it. And here's a really cool thing, actually, that we're doing with it is we're starting our own exchange in Dubai as okay. well. And that exchange, and this is a cool thing for anyone wanting to start their own crypto as well, with your own exchange, they have to register on your exchange. They have to download your wallet. So if you have like a pre-subscribed list of like half a million people interested in your crypto, you just made a really profitable back-end business yes. on your exchange, you know, at the same time. like so Kind of like Coinbase, GDAX exactly. kind of thing. Yeah, Binance, GDAX, yeah, exactly. Now, your, yeah, Binance has a, the Binance coin, but also has the exchange. I, I saw they just opened back up. Binance was closed, and they opened back up, and like 200,000 people <laughs> made an account in one hour or something Ridiculous. Crazy Ridiculous. So where's the best place to go if they want to do their due diligence, read the white paper for Habibi? Yeah, yeah. Where do so we go? Go to hbbcoin.com. HBBcoin.com. Opt in with your email, and then in like the next seven days, uh, the full site will be up. You'll be able to download the white paper, and then you'll be able to actually go through the whole thing. We even have a question area where you can ask questions and like. Is it open only to non-US? It's open to everybody, but non non uh, non US. Yeah. Yeah. USA is making it hard to do these, so a lot yeah. of coins are outside, you know, raising their funds outside the U.S. Just yeah. One day the U.S. maybe will come around. All right, last couple questions before he goes. Woodco, Inc., do you think that investing in Dubai is still viable? Um, it depends on what industry and Fuck niche real estate. Oh, real estate, yeah. Yeah, real estate-wise, yeah. I mean, there's, there's still really... Whole, if, if you go there, and you, all you'll see is cranes and development in real estate. That's one thing in that entire country that doesn't stop. 24 hours a day, two shifts, and all they do is build and build and build. So it's, it's still definitely very, very good to go make some money there. Yep. He's got to head to the airport. My man. My man. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, everybody. And uh, uh, before we go, yeah, real real quick, we give so something away. I got a gift actually for you. Oh, and, okay. And uh, when we met, I think it was last year somewhere. It was at the Playboy Man. No, it was Alex Becker's event. It was me, you, and Grant Cardone. And um, I had asked you. I said, "Do you have like because you play basketball all the yeah. time? You're, you know, you got the balls, everything." And, and I said, 
do you have a Michael Jordan jersey, a signed Uh-oh. Michael Jordan jersey? And you said no. And then, uh, so I bid on this at a charity auction. Oh, I got to write, I got to put, I can't wear this either. I bid on this at a charity auction. I spent around 5,500 bucks. Uh-oh. I won it. And this is a Sign- 23. Is that a gift for me? That's a gift for you. It's Damn. a signed Michael Jordan jersey. I he's, definitely can't wear that when MJ on the back. That's awesome, man. I appreciate that. And it's an that's a nice, authentic that's a jersey. Gift. Yeah. Either a book or, a, or something signed by Michael Jordan. I like it. <laughs> Let me hear. And I think you're from the same era as me where Jordan was Jordan. You know, he was the man. I'll take one from LeBron, Jordan. (laughs) Let's just put gift sign Kobe Jordan. Thank you, man. I I owe you one. Oh, my pleasure, man. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. 